Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one mystical page of Talmud every day. And if you are a loyal listener of this show, and even not so loyal, you're, you're new here, today you have a treat, because you get to hear the echt mystical story, the one foundational, weird, wonderful tale that keeps on repeating and keeps on being debated. We're talking the kind of creation myth the Peter Parker getting bit by a radioactive spider type of story of our ability to to look on through to the other side and see all the mysteries of creation in all its glory. Now, look, this is heavy stuff. And, and when we need to really unlock the secrets of the universe, not just, you know, little quibbles here and there, but really get to the bottom of things, we call one man. He is our friend, but more importantly, he's our teacher. And he is, of course... My dear David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy to be sharing this foundational story in all of the Talmud of going into that orchard. I'm going to ask you to set it up in a second, but you mentioned an orchard, so I will say we're talking here about the Pardes, Hebrew for orchard. We're talking about a story in which four sages enter into it and strange and terrible things happen. So first of all, tell us the story briefly, and then... um, Tell us why it matters so much. So the basic story is as follows. There are four rabbis, educators, who enter this orchard, which in Hebrew is called a pardes. And the names of the rabbis are Ben Azai, the son of Azai, Ben Zoma, the son of Zoma, Acher, who is given the name as Other, because he was a sage who ended up leaving the faith, and Rebbe Akiva. And Rebbe Akiva gives them a warning, and he says, when you reach the marble stone, do not call it water. Do not say water, water. And then what happens? They enter into Pardes after giving this very cryptic warning of not to call the marble stone water. What happens? They start dropping. First, Ben Azai, the son of Azai, he looks directly at the divine presence in this pardes, and he dies. A second person, Benzoma, he looks directly at the divine presence here, and he becomes injured. And then finally, Acher looks at the divine presence, and the way the, the Talmud describes it is he cut off the roots. He, he severed, his roots got severed from foundational reality until finally Rebbe Akiva left in peace. And there are so many questions, and we could talk about this for hours upon hours. But I want to set up three central points in this story. Before you even do, I want to set one story. It's every time you walk into an orchard or any other creepy place and someone says, beware of the stone. Like, just don't go in there. Just just get out. Just, like, play it safe. You know. If someone gives you a warning, like, do not stare directly at the marble stone. Go to a yeah. Starbucks. Get get yourself a latte. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Great advice. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that, that like Surgeon General's warning. If you are in an isolated, divinely inspired orchard, do, if somebody gives you that warning, just turn around and say, you know what? A different day. Not, not today, my friends. But what does it mean in this story? What is this orchard? So there are really two things that are important to know about the word pardes. Pardes literally means an orchard. It's like this cavernous assembly of these trees, these fruit-bearing trees. 
But there are two important things to know. One is you should take note of the fact that the word pardes very much is connected with the English word paradise. It is a utopian place where everything you hope seems to come together. A second thing to note about the word pardes is that in mystical and midrashic literature, pardes is very often read as an acronym for the levels of understanding of Torah itself. Where Pei Reish Dalad Samech, which is the Hebrew letters that spell out the word Pardes, stands for Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod. And what does that mean? Pshat is the, let's call the plain meaning. Remez is the allegorical meaning. Drash is that seeking, midrashic analysis. And finally, Sod is the mystical meaning. And when they enter the Pardes, this isn't just a typical, they didn't go apple picking on some family trip. This is obviously a orchard where they are plumbing the very depths of reality. What does this all mean? The second thing that I want to note is this contrast between marble, a marble rock, and water. Rashi even notes that if you've ever seen slick marble, it sometimes looks like it's wet. It's very easy to confuse a black marble stone as something that is slicked with water, just because when it's very smooth, it almost glistens as if it was wet. And this is actually a really profound idea, that very often we confuse the things in our life that are meant for stone, that are meant for stability, that are fixed that are maybe those institutional standards that we need in our lives and the things in our lives that function as water. Water is fluid. Water assumes the shape of its vessel. And we need both in our lives, but what we very often do, particularly when we're trying to really understand the very fabric, not just of the universe, but the fabric of society, is we confuse those things that need to be fixed and static and stable, like stone, like marble. And we sometimes confuse them for the things that need to be fluid and oscillating and moving and personalized that fill up the very container they're in, like water. And sometimes we approach water and look for the stability that we normally associate with stone. There's almost a biblical illusion in this, where Moses in the Bible is constantly asked to draw water forth from a stone rock. And this is something that Moses did, and we are warned we can't confuse the rock for the water. They are two separate entities where things in life need to be fixed, and there are things in life that need to remain fluid like water. But what I think is the most beautiful part of this story is there are four rabbis that are mentioned. There is Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Acher, and Rebbe Akiva. And I think the key that unlocks this story, the key that unlocks any time that we journey and we ponder into the mystical secrets of the universe, is that the only rabbi who both enters the orchard and leaves the orchard feeling complete, he doesn't die, he's not injured, he doesn't leave the faith, is Rebbe Akiva. And he's the only rabbi who's mentioned by name in this passage. We have Ben Azai, who's named after his father. Ben Zoma, the child of Zoma, is identified through his father. And we have Acher, who's identified as other. The only person who comes in with that identification of his own name is Rebbe Akiva. 
And I think the Torah, this passage in Talmud, is telling us something very profound. If you want to really plumb the secrets of the universe, if you want to go and figure out how to balance stone and water, the fluidity, the fluid parts of life and nature and identity, and those fixed parts, you better first know your name. You first need to have a sense of comfort and stability and an organic appreciation of who you are. Because if you walk in to any sort of mystical or communal role that is trying to figure out the very fabric of our reality, and you don't have a healthy sense of self, you don't have a, a healthy self-image, when you look into a mirror, you see somebody else, you see an other, you see a parent, you see a shadow, but you're not able to see you, then you are not going to leave this mystical journey whole. The only way to really journey into the mystical secrets of the world and society is first you need to know your name. You need a healthy sense of self, which is why although Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, and Acher all enter this orchard, the only person who leaves is that person who really embraces his own identity, has that self-understanding and self-knowledge, and that is Rebbe Akiva, who enters and leaves in peace. Amen to that. Rabbi David Bashokin, as always, thank you for your grace and your wisdom. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please Go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Daron Skay, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmuccia, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Music